Hello, welcome to Canberra Survivor, The Ultimate Sacrifice, Episode 8. Um, I've got some very sad news for those of you who just like to be um, slightly warm, like maybe you enjoy a nice autumn 24-degree day. Um, you don't like the scorches of the summer. Well, your beloved warm takes master max will not be joining us to give you that lukewarm autumn feel but i am of course thankfully joined by the queen of hot takes the queen of summer annabelle herself um welcome to the show annabelle pull one out for our warm takes king i'm missing him already i know i i i don't know who i'm going to interrupt now that he's not here <laughs> I know, it's just us talking over the top of each other freely for an hour. I know, you and I actually don't do that. If you, if you oh. watch the replay, there's a lot of mutual respect between each other's, like letting each other's voice be heard and uh, appropriately, you know, oh, yes, you go. <laughs> Max's uncle did tell me I need to be nicer to him. <laughs> They're not, not nice, you know. He's allowed to participate in the program. Like, you know, it's like the 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 kid that's given the opportunity. Like, they're thankful to be there. Are you calling Max? I didn't say I didn't I didn't say anything like that. You're implying that. Every underprivileged person needs assistance and all sorts of different people uh lack privilege and need support. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, CK, you're an ally. I, I'm an ally of everybody. I, 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 am, I am bringing um, the the white man's perspective to everyone's. <laughs> a, a, a perspective we lack, and I'm just glad you're here to, to represent. It's, it's very important. And uh, now we have our perspective on this episode of The Ultimate Sacrifice, which I query if we should even call The Ultimate Sacrifice anymore, given they no longer go to The Ultimate Sacrifice. Let's think about. Let's discuss that as a uh, a concept that died halfway through a season. What we think of that as a principle. I did not even notice that it wasn't there this episode. Now, and you know, look, I'm fine with a season having a theme that's only relevant until emerge. I mean, when you think of um, t like heroes versus villains, that's really only relevant until emerge as well. I no, did we. Oh, oh, it's actually less relevant because they swap and then they make a bunch of the heroes villains so he's in dumber. So yes. Yeah. Did you ever get any answers as to why John and Joe were robbed at the merge? Of I did. Being able... Did you get an answer? Are, are you asking this because you know I got the answer or is this I'm just that for children's? I saw you commenting on something. I didn't see yes. an answer. Yeah. I commented on one of the Canberra um, survivor pages posts and dan uh one of the hosts and the creators uh wrote back i asked firstly why did the last advantage never get given out there was a give safety without power that was never given um and why did they bother only having one ultimate sacrifice post merge and given they're only having one why did they not send the last two who were yet to uh attend which was john and joe at that time um the explanation was some whoever the bright spark <coughs> dom actually i don't know if it's dom but let's just say it was dom dom was in charge of the uh, ultimate sacrifice challenge rewards uh, the advantages and that one got really wet apparently so it was disintegrated uh so they didn't bother with the last one and then on the prior one um they thought it would be better for a refresh so people were like um more surprised about it but to be honest if i was a producer of that program and i understand coming in wanting the surprise for the cast but if you're only gonna have one more and also john was the likely boot i would fucking let him go get an advantage because that makes good tv maybe that's called production interference but i guarantee you that's what uh they do on the real show on the fly it's not really changing the rules it's just changing how they were going to apply that rule on that occasion, which was different to every other time, which actually made no sense when you really think about it. I still blame Dom, Sophie. I don't want to hear it. Um, okay, that makes that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, it's okay, that done. makes sense. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with not having any, you know, a million more advantages and seeing it how it plays out. And you know what, actually, on the topic of Sophie, 
I am obsessed with her, especially these last couple of episodes. She is serving so much sass and really like coming in is that um oh what did she say when when they were all around in that circle and she's grilling everyone on who has voted for her um and she's like you know grow some balls and <laughs> i just thought that it, it's it's a level of kind of uh <clears throat> presence and an aggression that we don't normally accept or see from women playing the game and I have personally found it incredibly fun and refreshing it's that that is absolutely true um it isn't something you see all the time even on these LRG formats you know where I, I find the casting tends to bring in the casting is less afraid to bring in a number of strong women uh, if they can find any them because women will apply. <laughs> well, any woman will apply, but I think what tends to apply is is to go out and do something like this for no reason. Is you know, you're not really a weak person, and then on Real Survivor again, they're casting for specific types, and they like to have wallflower women because um, I think that they think that appeals to the audience at home you know, the, the the generic casual audience, but that is not what appeals to us as the sort of LRG community. Um, so I think it's great. I think, I think, look, you could talk to this better than me as well because she has sort of become more vocal as the season's gone on, but equally the women in the game have become more powerful as the game has gone on. And is it that she's in an environment right now where um, it's majority women, a number of women want a women's alliance, um, if she's thinking about a target in front of her, like Mars, the one to cut at four or three, whatever the end is, to like slink in there and get the win. She's got a great big woman in front of her. She doesn't even need to use Nick as like the threat to get rid of at that point. Like Mars, perfect for it. Do you think if you're a woman in that scenario, it would be that that's the case? I know you're a woman that's comfortable in every scenario. So maybe this isn't the best, like if Annabelle was in this shop. But do you think that's a factor or do you think it's just um, she's just getting tough as the game rolls on? I mean, I think we saw Sophie was quite vocal from the get-go. I mean, I do I do think that we're getting to see more of her now. There's less people that it's split across. I would say, and I do want to kind of circle back to the Women's Alliance. I, I made a list of the people who I don't know, who I couldn't tell you who their number one and who their number two are. And that's Michael, Sophie, Joe, and Mal. Well, Malcolm, we just lost. Um, Joe. I don't know if Joe knows who her number one and number two are. Um, so the fact that Sophie and Michael, I don't feel like are as fleshed out while still being very present. Um, I That's concerning for me in terms of her winner potential, because I would agree with you. I think Sophie has this in the bag as long as she can cut Mar at the end. But, you know, some days we hear Mar say Sophie's her number one. Other days it's Michael. Some days we hear Sophie say she's with Malcolm. Other days we hear she's with Ma. I don't really feel like I can tell you. We know Michael only has Ma left, so I'm yeah. inferring. <laughs> but I could. Can you? Could you tell me who her number one and number two are based on what we're seeing? Well, she said on the prior episode that it was Nick, and then we were very curious about Nick voting for her, and we postulated that it was a strategy of Nick's to bring Sophie closer and make her go on a witch hunt Lex Vanderberg style about who dare cast a vote against her. And that's what we said he was doing. And guess what? That's what, what he was doing. And he got the exact outcome he wanted because she went full Lex Vanderberg about the random vote she got. And as you say, told them to grow some balls. But I don't think, and look, maybe I got this wrong because I, I, I watched this a week ago, but I don't think she suspected Nick. Um, so I think it worked for him. It, so, she didn't. And she was also one of the votes, but she was one of the votes for Joe this episode. Mm. She didn't vote for Mal, and I think that was hidden from her. So, uh, you know, would she can't possibly be Mars number two if she's being left out of the vote because Michael was in on the vote, Joe was in on the vote. I think, um, Ma, wants, I think Ma wants a final three with Michael and Joe. I mean, potentially, we've not heard her articulate that, but yes, that, 
that's a, that's a game winning three for her. Um, she's really beating most people, but it's hard. It's hard to be in these games and look at seven other people and go, "I'm going to beat all of these people." Like I felt that, but you I know, say, that's that... you and I, and then you just have the, that delusional self confidence. There's a delusional self confidence. Mar isn't someone who is delusionally self confident. Uh, she has a healthy confidence about herself, but she would also not think that. So I'm beating all these people. I can go with anyone. It doesn't fucking matter. Oh yeah, like, I'm going to go on with the orca. Yeah, I, I want this the moment I walked in. Um, okay, so sorry, Snyder's jumped in before he said, Did we watch a race? He had a race today. He says he knows Max did. Oh, like, all hail Schneider. Max Max isn't here because he's just drunk celebrating your success. Uh, and uh, he's not drunk, actually, he's somewhere else. And but question about Survivor would she win unanimously like Liz in Australia Survivor? Spoilers if you haven't watched it, but you know, God forbid if you're watching this. I'm sure you watched the final Australian Survivor the other day. Um, yes. Imagine. Uh, I think I think Ma would win unanimous. I think Michael could pick up one or two um, from maybe. A, a, I think Wolf will vote for um, Ma, but I could see John. Well, John's got a pre-existing relationship, so he'll probably vote for her too. I think he likes Michael though. Um, I guess uh, we're, we're writing off Nick here though, but presumably Nick has to just win out because they keep tar- they, they were targeting him hard before he won immunity. Yes. So I wanted to circle back on this. So Gardner Nick planting the seeds is gaslighting Sophie by throwing this vote on her in order to bring her closer um, by driving her crazy and making her suspect everyone and her own judgment. Um, And yet we see Nick believes his type two are Sophie and Ma. Mar is already conspiring with everyone, Anna, Sophie, her new, her new besties, to get rid of Nick ASAP. In fact, Mar, and I wish I could be at their date night after watching this back. We haven't, but... <laughs> we've never <laughs> revealed that. Hmm? We've never revealed what you just mentioned. Everyone knows. Does everyone not? Okay, all right, sorry. Uh, Ma says that she, of everybody left, there's no universe in which she wants Nick to be winning this game. And I think that this furthers our theory from last episode that it was a mistake. It was a mistake for Nick not to flip and go all in with Malcolm and Woof um, because really now he's, he's on the bottom of the numbers and he doesn't, he has no idea. Does he have no idea? Because he fought very hard to win that immunity. And that was like a painful immunity. He was left out of the vote. He was on Joe. And Mal also said he was probably going to go if he didn't win immunity. But I still think he thinks that he's got Sophie and Mark. Doesn't he still have Sophie? I think he does because she voted for Joe. Maybe, yeah. I think the group that's taken power here is Ma and her minions, which is Michael Joe and Anna. Am I right about that? Mel? Yeah, Mel. Mel and Anna. Mel and Anna. Um, Joe, Michael, Ma. So Mel and Mel and Anna didn't have votes. Ma, yes. Michael, so, Joe voted together. Who did Ma left. who did who did Ma steal with her with her steal of vote advantage? Remind so us. Ma stole Anna's vote and okay. Malcolm cancelled Mel's. So they basically gave us nothing to go by once again depowering the former Orange tribe uh, in terms of their actual dynamics. And that's actually making, um, look, the show, the first half of this show, this season was really, really hot. And I think the back end, like the last couple, are going to be really, really interesting. But these last couple have been a little bit uh, drier than the other ones because of the fact that the Purples are still unwilling to sort of reveal their their positioning with each other. Now, they have just voted out Malcolm. So it's the first hit they've made that wasn't um, an orange. And But by virtue of uh, take one from an orange, steal one from an orange, cancel an orange, it's still like, like the purples themselves still didn't even know their dynamics. And I feel like even though Malcolm was on purple, he was sort of like a, 
a target that had been a name that had been circling for a while. So it was sort of easy to drink the numbers on that. And now Nick's name has been circling for a while. And if he doesn't win immunity, that's probably an easy consensus. And we still don't really know. And this is probably the amazing game that Mar is playing, is that they all think that she's with them until she's not. And Malcolm, look, we know early on thought he was with Mar. We'll be interested to find out if he still thought when when he realised that wasn't the case. Um, Sophie still thinks she's with Mar. Nick thinks she's he's with Mar. Mike was definitely like locked in with Mar. The only now one she actually is with Mar. <laughs> she's rolled in rolled in Anna. Easy. Anna's right in there for it. I think Mel's keen because you know they're seeing this this women's thing, and it's the, and it's sort of women's supermarket. But they're all so close with Mar that they don't actually know their dynamics. And that's why we don't know their dynamics either as the audience. Well, also, not only are they all close with Ma, they all hate each other. So Anna doesn't trust Joe or Sophie, who both voted for her at the last tribal, and Mal tells her. She doesn't trust Mel because, for whatever reason, Mel lives rent-free in her head and has since day one. Um, and then Sophie... To be, to, sorry, you're saying Anna doesn't trust Mel or Mel doesn't trust Anna? Anna doesn't trust Mel. I don't think Mel likes Anna or to trusts fair, Mel, Mel's been getting Anna's name wrong on purpose for, like, half the show. Exactly. So, no so they between those two there is no love lost between those two um and then now um joe isn't going to trust sophie and already so- doesn't trust nick sophie says it was painful are you talking about playing this game or are you talking and working it out you're talking about the challenge because you sophie was second in the challenge wasn't she yes are you, are you yes. talking about the challenge let us know yeah it um, looks hard but what i'm essentially saying is every, nobody trusts anybody who is left in the game, except essentially for Ma and Michael, who know they can trust each other. Yes. So I think it could get interesting, but I also feel like, you know, Ma's Boston robbing her way to the end here, just controlling everything um, and just doing an incredible job of it. And, and yeah, Sophie was saying, yes, the challenge. It did look very difficult and painful. Mm. And Nick seemed to do an amazing job holding it. I think... What's really fascinating about Mars' game here, and and if she does win, like an amazing job, um, people say, you know, playing a second time, huge advantage, right? And obviously is. Uh, To anyone who hasn't played one of these, you know, once you actually do one, you see, without only watching the video, you can see in your own head all the mistakes you made because everyone's pretty upfront to you about, what they didn't like about what you were doing or what they did like they were doing. Like after you're chatting, it's like, oh yeah, I was definitely going to vote you out. You really annoyed me with X or, you know, yeah, you weren't in such a good position because of Y. And it makes you realize even, you know, something like myself, that the, your delusional self-grandeur, like it is what it is. And you need to, if you want to be better, actually listen to what people say. And the one thing I told Ma repeatedly about, her game and playing with her and I was on a starting tribe with her so I'm not spoiling the very exciting uh Melbourne survivor that's coming out um and Annabelle was with her as well is that I had no idea if she wanted to be aligned with me or not like I wanted to be aligned with her and she said she wanted to be aligned with me but I didn't know if it was true and after the game I said were you actually aligned with me and she's like yeah and I'm like I don't even know if I still believe it now and obviously, it's true that Mar actually calls you Sensei CK and uh, refers to you as her mentor who actually guided her entire strategy, this game CK, based on your feedback. Well, I'm sure she does. Like, would that surprise <laughs> anyone? Doesn't surprise me. No, but I think if the, if if you took any feedback, we all get feedback. Learning from constructive feedback is how improve. She has learned to make people believe her when she says that she's with them. And I don't think there's a more important skill in Survivor. It's true. Yes, thank you, Mark. Look, it's confirmed. Sensei CK. Um, If she claims the win, I'm putting my name on the trophy. (laughs) It was you. It was all you. It was all you. Back to sort of interesting winners. I mean, we saw this narrative this episode um, that was really being pushed by Mar and Nick after um, Nick got the win, that Joe um, was a really compelling winner's <laughs> story. 
Um, and we had this really, I thought the editing this um, episode were, was fantastic. Yes, very pertinent comment, John. Again, thank you. I agree. Um, and I hope she actually does say it at the final tribal, kind of kind of like, say, honouring the survivors that came before her. But she um, says, Chris, as per this comment, then she wasn't really around with me. Remember my previous thing? They don't use your nickname, they're not aligned. <laughs> Good callback. Um, so we have a very powerful, moving scene of Joe crying because she sucks at challenges. I mean, same sister. Um, and we heard about how this this win would mean something different to her because she's not a freak who plays online uh, um, role play games. <laughs> Did she or... actually use that term? I can't no, remember. She said I mean, it was implied. I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. It was implied. It was implied. Who it plays Survivor implied. on the Who plays Survivor on the internet? What a bunch of weirdos! Exactly, <laughs> only absolute losers. Um, and so you know, she's like, for them, this would just be another notch in their belt to a community that they're already a part of. And I actually wanted to hear the end of that. I wanted to hear, okay, I'm buying this, like, but I now want to hear what that win would feel like to you. I mean, we sort of just heard. I would quite like this, but I'm I'm interested to hear from her what was what was kind of motivating her if it wasn't bragging to everyone. And that you you get that in in Survivor games in these games because you know you, number one you don't want sixteen super fans and you get these people that come out to do it and and what they're there for the adventure they're there to see if they could um, and ultimately you can win with that game. If your FTC is good enough, in my experience, the people and the F on the, the LRGs that I've watched, um, the people that are like that, that get to the end, sort of get dragged like a goat because the super strategic ones see them that way. And their FTCs are never good enough to sell that story. Like, but I agree the way she was selling it, or perhaps if you wrote her speech for her, <laughs> you could sell it in a way that would actually maybe convince the very strategic org focused jury you're generally always going to have. Um, but I don't believe that even Nick believes that Joe is the biggest threat based on uh, her perceived lack of knowledge of Survivor and how she's come in and done well. Because ridiculous, her tribe won all the challenges. They had to vote off two people, one of which was Grace, who we met and was lovely, but is slightly odd. And then the other one was Banfield, who by his own admission, everybody hated for some I reason. I love Banfield and no one hates him. He's a king. He said it. That's what he thought. He said He's they all didn't like me. And everyone loves him. I have a I, Banfield. I, I also like Banfield. I like Banfield. But, you know, it's only, it was what he said. I wasn't there. And then uh, she's got to the merge. She's never going to be a target at merge. And her tribe had the numbers. Like, she, as great as her, like, I've never played Survivor and look how well I'm doing story could possibly be. She hasn't actually done anything. So she would need to do something, like take out a Sophie or take out a Ma. And I just don't feel like she's got that in her because she's not, well, hasn't watched 40 seasons of Survivor to make her feel like it's okay to betray people like that. Like, normal people don't feel good about betraying people like that. Yeah. That, that, I mean org freaks um you've done okay. it you've done it you you've done it in org freaks you've done it you're used to it you're used to cutting people it's a game whatever move on high concept fan art for or sorry fan merch for banfield <laughs> nice to meet you i'm blake crossed out brian crossed out banfield and then his like iconic intro package face down the bottom i think i'm gonna make one how about the face, but it's on a stick figure body to match his original jumper? Yes, even better. <laughs> I love that. This is how we work well as a team. You know, you had a great idea. I add a little bit to it and then I'll take the credit. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Okay. The, the only other real, oh, have we got an exit interview with Mal, by the way? Because I'm yeah, really. He's, yeah, he's ready to go when we're ready oh, for good. him. Well, I have something else I wanted to talk about. And that was in the challenge and Liv's trench coat slay. Every time Liv turns up, I'm obsessed. Um, and what I do not understand 
um, of what, what I thought was hilarious was trying to tempt the team to drop out of the challenge with lamingtons. I was on the floor screaming. So this game only goes over one night, okay? They've recently had their merge feast. The merge feast could only have been like an hour and a half ago. Was there a merge um, feast? Hang on, was there a merge feast? Did I miss that? I don't know, but they 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 would have had rice with breakfast. Like honestly, at this point, they're probably too full to squeeze in any Levingtons. At most, it has been six hours since their last meal. Yeah. Um, yeah, John, they were fed so many croissants that they couldn't even finish them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's yeah. like. Is is this, Please, is this why is, is this why Michael couldn't hand off the Levingtons? He's like, you want a Levington? It's like, oh. Yeah, so he's they are good for something. So, no, so like, so stopping. They've been out there like less than twenty four hours. <laughs> they also didn't have jam in them. For me, without the jam in the middle, the lamington's just a really disgusting sponge. What do you think on that? I actually, you like the lamin pro jam, no jam. No joke, nearly killed my parents over some lamington's once, but that's a story for another time. Is it because they had jam or didn't have jam or a completely separate issue? They were almost legit lost in the middle of the Australian outback while I ran down their walkie-talkies begging for Lamingtons. It was like a very intense near-death experience. And to be honest, I can't eat Lamingtons after it. So um, you wouldn't have been dropping out for the Lamingtons? I am not dropping out. For, oh, I would have been dropping out because I would have not wanted to hold my hand up for that long. But Look, Sophie, would, Sophie's in furious agree with me. They were dry as a nun's nipple, she says. I haven't heard that expression before. I love it. Uh, they needed jam. Yeah, absolutely they needed jam. Um, uh, yeah. So it was a poor temptation, uh, I guess, and only one temptation as well. Like where were the other temptations? And also what I don't like, I never like in Survivor when you can take a temptation and then share it with the tribe. The whole value is stuffing your face in front of the hungry people. Because they weren't hungry. And Michael says, can I share them? Like, sure, do whatever you want. Like, don't like it. It sounds like it was actually a bit of a twist because the Lamingtons were so repulsive. It actually turned <laughs> off people working with Michael. <laughs> yeah, there's someone inhaled one and they were like coughing, weren't they? Like, yeah. Oh, God. Um, we, well, before we bring Malcolm on, we should probably get to the vote. Uh, so, again. Yeah, so do you want me to tell you what the tea was Yeah, there? if you got the notes, you do it for me. Yeah, I got right. the notes. All right, so Beautiful. we get in there. We're all talking, yada, yada, yada. Mal is pretty confident it's not going to be him, but still wants to kind of flag that it was um, throw Mal under the bus. It was definitely Mal. That... Do we know why Mal feels comfortable? Because he hasn't been comfortable for like three episodes. Why is he suddenly well, feeling comfortable? He was. I don't know. We'll have to ask him in two minutes. But he was okay. saying that he felt, he, you know, they must be damn good liars because I'm pretty sure they're all with me. He's throwing Mel under the bus. He's letting Nick know it was going to be him next. He, Ma gets up and steals Anna's vote. And then um, Michael is clearly the only one mic'd up in that back row because we hear, hear everything he does. And that's him whispering comfort to Ma that that was a good decision. Then Mal gets up. <laughs> And hey, you, you've, you've told me before how good of a strategy it is to pump up the ego of your like powerful ally. It's true. What a great I decision. Love, Amazing, Mark. Like, <laughs> love that. You're nailing it, sweetie. Um, and <laughs> then, you feel wonderful inside. <laughs> it's great. And then Joe got two votes. Those were from Sophie and Nick. Mel got one vote. That was from Mal, who changed his vote from I don't know who. Now, he and wanted then, Mel. You were saying you're saying that he was targeting Mel. He was throwing her under the bus. He was, but he said he changed. He said in his exit um, speech that he flipped his vote onto Mel. I'd like to know from whom. I think I he was voting for Joe. And yeah. then Ma, Michael, Joe all voted for Malcolm. Ma's vote counted for two. Malcolm seemed to think in his exit press that he would have. Had he he stuck his with his vote on Joe and not cancelled Anna's vote, that Anna would have actually voted for Joe as well. So then it would have been a four-four split. But I I don't know if I really buy that. I think at, we'll have to again we'll have to ask him what he thinks now. Um, and then after that we get so this all comes out. Bye-bye, Malcolm. We then get an announcement. Ooh, 
there's a twist. It's yes. actually a double elimination and production clearly doing everything they can to save their bad puns boy, Nick, Gardner Nick. Um, because <laughs> yes. Nick, His immunity Nick, still counts. It still counts, honey. It still counts. So who do we think is going to be next? You've got to think that it's got to be Joe. I, uh, yes, I think so. Um, that was the other name that's floating around. Yeah. And it, it depends how much time they're given. But if it's a just you vote right now, then you're going to vote for the name that was floating. Uh, and that was Joe. It would be Nick. I think if Nick's immunity was off the table, I think it would definitely be Nick. And then, well, it's Joe. And maybe Nick can go a long way here by winning out because he's like a pretty strong competitor. Um, and he's done well now in physical challenges and building the tower. Um, it depends what they've got lined up. He's pretty smart too. Like he's not dumb. Like he can definitely do a, a thinking challenge and a puzzle. So like he's beatable, but it depends what the challenges are. I, it was actually pretty frustrating now that look, look, I recall all of this now. It was 1.30 a.m. on a Friday night. I had not been drinking, but I was getting a bit sleepy and I like, you know, trying to, will, you know, you're dozing off and you're like trying to wake, like, wake up. So I did that and I, and I got the, like, obviously sort of Mao was going, I sort of got that vibe. And then he went, and then I'm like, oh, another elimination. I'm like, oh, this is going to be exciting. Go up for it. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. What happens here? And then it's next time on. And uh, I guess we'll be interviewing two people next week, but that's, that's fine. That's good. Another double one. That, the Banfield show with Haley was our best yet. So uh... it was. And then, so, I mean, so Nick's made it essentially to final six and then we've only got two more episodes. They said next one's the penultimate. And then the one after that's the finale. So presuming it's a final three then. Uh, yeah. I might even be wrapping this up before I go on holiday. Love that for me. They've actually timed this with Melbourne Survivors premiere. I wonder if that was intended. Um, very interesting. Uh, okay, anyway, now to bring on the boot for this week, Malcolm. I think uh, Mal everyone's excited for Malcolm. What a big character. Um, it's always fantastic on these shows, like if you're doing casting or to see these people who, like the last thing you want is eight young guys with short hair, right? Because <laughs> they all look the same and it's boring as fuck, right? An, old, an older gentleman, I'm not saying he's old, an older gentleman with a fabulous beard, fabulous hair, big smile. He's got, like, he, I'm sure everyone else has said this, but he looks exactly like Dan Foley from uh, One World. I don't know how he feels about you continuously comparing him to a sex pest. No, he looks like Dan Foley, but he's got the lovely heartwarming personality of Mick Foley, the wrestler. I the wrestling that. fans at home will know what I'm talking about. The most beloved wrestler of all time. By the overlap between org freaks and wrestling fans might actually be larger than he I He actually is a New York Times bestselling author times twice. So uh, he's not just a wrestler. He's a very smart man as well. He did lose his ear in an explosion. Um, uh, oh, God. Uh, Sophie, Sophie, Sophie got the reference. Oh, Sophie got the reference. There you go. So I think um, he's just been a fantastic character on the show. I, I feel like we've actually probably just lost our best character character from the show um but that you that's gonna happen week. well i'm just a nice yeah, person look i probably won't tell some of these others that they were the best character all right <laughs> but now about you yeah i'm oh, sorry i i'm the best character you're so close <laughs> all right anyway let's bring him in the legend is off now how are you welcome hello hey. how are you going chris how are you going annabelle Hey, it's CK. Can you hear me? Jesus Christ. CK. It says I'm, I'm, not your ally. The I'm not your ally, Chris. <laughs> I'm everyone's ally. Weren't you listening at the start? I'm feeling, uh, no, I missed the first two or three minutes. I play volleyball on a Wednesday night, so I uh, picked up some dinner and got here. But um, I'm feeling dodged by Max here. So obviously I played that online game with you, Annabelle and Max, in between uh, the filming of Survivor Canberra and now. And Max holds me personally responsible for him being the first boot. Um, and now he's not even here tonight. What's going on? We don't talk about random online games on this show, particularly ones that I watch. I'm talking about Max. What's going on here? This is the question that I really wanted to get from you tonight, Mal. Once upon a time, CK played a, a game, a trivia game with Michael and voted for him a lot. What, mm -hmm. what was your opinion on that critical? <laughs> You have no plot off and no one cares about. No, I don't I want to hear about this game. I'm not aware of this yeah. game. What, what do you want to know? What do you want to know? I'm up. What, do you what want was to this know? game? No, what was this game with Max? 
Oh, that was uh, no. James ran a golden coin game thing, and oh, I the got golden in coin room game. with a few people, yeah. and I had to yeah. nominate somebody. And Max got nominated, and Max apparently got voted out, and he, he's held a grudge ever since. He has. He's just like I, I. I'm not giving Malcolm my warm takes. I'm only giving him my lukewarm takes. He's getting none of them. So what I what I figure there is that um I'm just going to read into the um the Melbourne season now. Um, Max and Ma must be close then. Yes, very very close. Very They've got close. it in for me. Yeah, that's right. They they were it was it was all an elaborate thing growing out of James Wolf's coin game to get revenge on now. Um now I'm here. It's been a plus. Let's find out. What do you want to know? Well, what, uh, you know, first. Okay. Well, I'm interested about um where they found you, like in terms of a casting position. Like, you know, what did you did you see Canberra one and go, I could do that? Just a big survivor fan, you were looking out for one of these LRGs. Where did they find you? I think Daniel was scouting for real quality. <laughs> He found that. Um, you're he a got recruit. Him. What uh, what recruit. happened was um, you're a recruit. During the, going on here. During, yeah, during the COVID dirty lockdown recruit. times. Yeah, that's me. Uh, during the COVID lockdown times, I think I was on the Australian Survivor fans page and just somewhere buried into a comment. I saw some reference to this Canberra thing, so I checked out the page. I saw Liv's little video asking for people to apply. Um, I was interested, but I've never been a person overly confident. I come across differently, but I've never been that person. And so I actually missed the deadline. Uh, the deadline got extended. And uh, after that, on the very last day, I applied, sent it in that evening, and uh, I heard from Dan a few days later. So just absolute random. Never been involved in the LRG community, the all community. I've just been a massive Survivor fan for many, many years. Did oh, you watch nice. uh, LRGs once you were cast? Or are you like, no, I'm just going in fresh? Yeah, no, I watched um, Melbourne season two. Um, I checked that one out because I thought I'd better get an idea as to what sort of, I particularly I was thinking about challenges. So I actually had a notebook. I was writing little things down, what our challenges might be like. I watched some Backyard before it. And then I saw the first couple of episodes of Canberra that filmed from season one before, because yeah. uh, we played after, I don't know, three or four episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, so you went on there and were you surprised that to be one of them, like on your tribe, you were by far the oldest and by probably quite some years. Would that be right? Well, how old am I, Chris? I, I'm pretty good at this. I do this at the I do this. No, no, I do this at the. No, no, let him go for it. I, I ask the kids at school this all the time. They'll I do this at the poker table. I do this at well, the poker table uh, at the casino, and I can generally get it between one, like plus or minus one or two years. So no, I'm going to say you are 43. Absolutely not. Mal's in his 30s. No way. Um, I said 15 a week. Okay, well, I didn't get it. The beard threw me. Because nah, you're Sunday I'll, Yeah, I am. Easter Sunday, I'll be 50. I'm not, no I go around and say I'm an old man, don't I? It's all good. So how did you find uh, in interacting and uh, did you just think about them all like your kids at school? And it's like, <laughs> but you yeah. can't tell them what to do like you do your kids at school. So how did you, you know, work through that like uh, dynamic? Yeah, look, in terms of, it was no surprise. I was, I was having season season one, those first couple of episodes, obviously there was Janine and Carlene who were the um, the two younger of the um, the bunch if we were casting 100-year-olds. And in that case, Simon, myself and Mel were in that category here. So I was expecting, actually I was actually expecting a few more younger because um, some of the Nick Mars being around near the 30 age, I was thinking we'd get a lot more of the 22, 23-year-olds. So that was a pleasant surprise. But when I turned up, um, we just got together in a little bit of a purple circle and having run games myself, just not filmed ones or anything, but doing that. Uh, one of the things that some contestants have a real issue with is voting people out. And so I was curious if that was something that I would find an issue. And as we're standing around and saying, geez, these people are nice. Like they all seem so good. How am I going to vote them out? But the first time we went to the booth, like screw that. I had no issues <laughs> with voting anybody out whatsoever. Like, so you're anybody. like, Grace, see you later. You, you spent too much time looking for rocks for some reason. Off you go. Yeah. And then you didn't have to yeah, do it for a long, long time, except for poor exactly Banfield. Right. Um, what yeah. about Banfield? He seems like he, he came across as such a. Uh, but I we loved him on the show. We thought he was great. On his own interview, he said he was just very sad and not liked. I think you know, it's true. But did you feel bad then about voting him out? Oh look. Coming in, Grace was an easy vote for us because in terms of uh, gelling as a tribe straight off, um, Grace just seemed to miss the boat a little bit on that. And as a result, I think it was pretty unanimous that we're all going to go there. From the very beginning, um, I started sowing seeds about, uh, this was my confession in the first episode where I talk about Banfield seeming like he's a bit anxious. 
once he gets his head around that, he'll be a real dangerous player. But that yeah. was just sowing seeds to put people behind for me. Like, you know how it works. Yeah. So, um, but then when we got to that challenge and uh, James sort of said, oh, hi, Blake, that was like, we may as well have just watered the seeds and planted them six foot deep, ready yeah. for a huge tree to grow. I yeah. don't know that Banfield could have recovered after that. So uh, by the time we voted Banfield out, I'd actually sort of come around and was thinking, I wouldn't mind if Banfield stays. But yeah. knowing we were this close to the merge, it was like, I'm not putting my life on the line for that. That's uh, that's a fight for and, another day. And that's a smart play. It's my turn to ask yeah. questions. Um, <laughs> love you, babe. Um now, I'm dying to know, talk me through who you felt closest with from the start to when you were voted out. Who did you think you were working with through this time? Because I don't feel All like right. I know. Okay, so at, no doubt my closest ally for me, even though I wasn't there, number one, was Sophie. Okay. So Sophie okay. and I uh, made an alliance very early on. So I actually made the same mistake Grace made in terms of going off by myself. I just didn't run. Um, and then after just being off for a short bit of time, that was when the wheels clicked and it's like, hold on, I should be talking to people here. This is, I'm doing the wrong thing. And I came across Sophie. We started to chat and uh, made an alliance there. She'd already had a chat with Nick by that stage. Um, so that's where sort of Nick and I came in. I think through the game, I felt like live there, a lot of people thought Nick and I were like super tight. Um, and we were definitely working together, but I don't know that Nick or I saw each other as being super tight. We were just there for each other. Um, along the way and then by default because uh, Nick had um, well pun now but hooked up with Ma um, so in that sense there I did actually through the first half of the day sort of go in terms of okay it's Mao, Nick, Sophie, myself um, and then I sort of felt like I had Joe on the side a little bit. Joe and I never actually had as solid alliance as what was probably portrayed early in the yeah. show um, and then I sort of felt like Michael was on the other side for the Ma side of things. And yeah. so from there, I have to admit, watching the first few episodes, I questioned myself, like, was did I just read this totally wrong? Was I never mm. uh, even a consideration? And I was never in the tight part of it. Um, but when Ma finally put that bit out there and said, yep, the four of now names together, it's like, okay, I wasn't totally delusional. Um, and so Except after that. There was, there was that great bit where yeah. Ma's like, Malcolm's a threat. I've got to get rid of him. He's number one on my hit list. And it cuts to you going like, yeah, so I'm with Nick and Sophie and Ma. <laughs> like, like, she, like you were living rent-free in her head as this huge threat that was got to get her before she got him. And you're like, uh. Can't even remember her name. <laughs> I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was very funny. Was... Um, yeah, look, going into day two, though, um, and it's his own little story there because I think – as day one was finishing, I just felt like I was getting so many nice compliments from the Purple Tribe, the people within it. And when I have slept over it, and I don't know where you guys get in your games, but um, I know in Melbourne starts on the Friday afternoon or whatever, so you at least slept over for one night, you start to dream the game. Um, and so in there, I woke up in the morning, I was like, they are not letting me get to the end. Um, and I went into the game thinking, I've never liked it on TV when somebody's sitting at the bottom of an alliance and they don't do anything about it. It's like, you need to try and do something. You've got to take a risk. And so it was a case of, well, I'm ready to jump. I'm willing. If the oranges are willing, I had no idea how dysfunctional they were as a, a group of people. <laughs> <laughs> They're all lovely people, but Christ, yeah. I just thought like there's four of them. I'm giving five. We go five, five. And Anna was the person I primarily targeted in terms of forming an alliance with on the orange side of things. Um no, I don't have any regrets because I looked at it in the set. James has asked me the question, did I regret it post-game? And I said, in the game, no, because ultimately when James goes out in his vote, my ultimate plan was hopefully to sit at the end with Sophie and Anna. And so that was going to involve having to try and get Sophie across with Anna. I never would have stood a chance of getting Sophie across with James. I don't even know if I could have done it with Sophie and Anna, but I never would have got it with Sophie and James. So in the game, no regrets about it at all. Yeah, Sophie and Anna, uh, Sophie and Jay and Orca were never going to work with each other. That was very clear. That wasn't very lovely. I want to talk about at the merge uh, where mm. where Nick uh, comes to you and tries to flip you over and you're like, yeah, let's do it. And then he immediately goes to someone else and says, Malcolm's trying to flip on us to the orange when he started the conversation. Did you know that happened or did you only see it when you watched it? No, I knew a few minutes later. 
Word had got back to me um, that it's like Malcolm's flipping and stuff like this. And it's like, where the hell does that come from? So I actually thought one of the oranges might have said something at first yeah. and then very quickly really realised, like, Nick, you've thrown me under the bus. But to Nick's credit, Nick, sorry, not me, um, he – I had didn't know the bit where he had had the chat with Michael about the fact that he was going to go and do that. So, like, I thought <laughs> yeah. that was a really – watching it back, I thought that was a great move on Nick's part because not only did he dob on me, but he threw me under the bus to actually be able to dob on me. So um, that it, was really cool. It, but what It's entrapment, though. Because oh, it's to be like, hey, do you want to do this? Like, it's it's normal. Even if you're not thinking about doing it, and you were thinking about doing it, but even if you're not yep. thinking about doing it, go, oh yeah, that's something I would I could consider doing. Like, that's mm-hmm. just smart play in Survivor. Mm-hmm. Like, outright yep. knows that no one wants to work with you because you just seem completely inflexible. So he entrapped <laughs> you, and then immediately like reported to the cops. <laughs> That was my um, only actual handshake deal in the game when Nick and I shook hands there. So see how long that lasted. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was oh such a sneaky move by him. I loved it. Yeah, yeah it was great. Now, going into this tribal, mm. you talk to me about what you thought was going to happen. So you thought the vote was going to be on Joe, but you flipped and voted for Mel. Talk, talk to me about that thought process. Yeah, so I listened to you um, running through that little session a moment ago. So, look, firstly, the only two times in the game that I actually ever felt in danger was the merge where I was able to walk away and when I was walking into this tribal here. Okay. Um, so, so I knew that I was potentially on the chopping block and it never got showed, but I, there was a confession I made just before. I said, I think I'm going to get through this one, but I'm in super trouble at seven. Like I didn't know at the moment what my path was going to be through the next mm-hmm. part. But uh, walking in there, I was reasonably confident that Nick and Sophie were going with Joe. I intended to vote Joe walking in there. And I'd been working hard on Anna and Mel to go Joe as well. But during the game, Mel and I could just not get on the same page whatsoever. And as we were walking to tribal, Mel and Anna actually turned around, went back, and there was a chat with them and all the other female players in the game. And at that point there, I just realised there is no way in the world Mel is with me. I'm not sure where Anna stood at that moment. So when you talked about the idea... If Anna, um, so let's just pretend the votes don't get um, stolen and stuff and it goes to four all, but common sense would have said that Anna should have jumped after that anyway. So I don't see how I could have got out of that. The way that I tried to get out of it was that aspect of I was 70-30 on who'd voted for Sophie. I was like 70% Mel's done it, 30% Nick had done it. Um, but it was a case of like, well, I've got to try and throw Mel under the bus and see if purple loyalty can at least pull me through the vote. Uh, but I was close. That was, that was done. That's really interesting. Why were you suspicious that Nick Nick might have done that? That Nick had done what, sorry? That, that, that Nick had been the vote on social. Oh, yeah, because um, when after Nick had won the challenge and he went and did his confessional, we all came back. So we'd had a massive chat before Nick even got back. And so when we talked about who'd voted for who, it seemed like the only last contender that could have voted for Sophie was Nick. So that had sort of run through my head. But when he came back, he really strongly denied that he had voted for. And so that put down. And then I thought, all right, Mel and I haven't got on the same page. Yeah. She's now just playing games to screw with everybody's minds, um, which is what you would do. Like, that's I've got no problems with that. Max isn't here. Um, so we'll ask yeah. his favourite question for him. How have you felt about your edit? Uh, look, overall, I have no issues with my um, – well, I won't say no issues, but it's almost no issues. I the issues? Oh, of... no, you can't <laughs> stop there. We want the yeah. issues. Yeah, Give, us the uh, Give us the tea. Give us the tea. Give us the tea. That's it. Uh, I think the only thing being that um, I think in the first couple of episodes, you didn't really hear anything from my perspective. And so it wasn't something that bothered me watching the show because when I watched it, I was started watching it through two lenses. One was the in terms of my um, storyline and how that fitted in what I knew about the game and what had happened during the game and getting all the blanks filled in. And then I was thinking about it in terms of like the story as a whole, like what's the story of our season and where does that fit in? And I knew that I had a bit to play in that whole just before the merge, just after the merge thing that I was going to be an aspect there. So I could see where that all fitted in. I guess the third lens came in when I started to listen to the podcast and Annabelle, you tapped into it a few times there that I wasn't actually as powerless as what I seemed in some of those early episodes. But when I was listening to Max CK and the same with Milo and stuff on the other podcast, 
I felt like I was being written off a little bit by the rest of you in terms of not having a place in the game. And I wonder if that was partly because you didn't hear any of my direct perspective at the beginning. But I don't hold anything against Dan for that. Like that's fits the story because I'm not there anymore. Yeah, and and it, look, it's very hard to edit these things. And when you're going to be yeah. in as many episodes as you're going to be in, um, you know, you'll get your time yeah. to shine. And he's got to make sure everyone gets at least some time to shine. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So yeah, in all that, from that aspect, I'm really cool with everything. Like I'm good. And I think the other pit that's been um, nice to hear in terms of validation is that um, having come across some random people that have watched the show. And they have um, complimented me on what I did during the game and how I've played. It's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So overall, I am happy. Um, I'm good. You're a fun character. You're a very fun character. I mean, that's well, why so I much. wonder about the flip at the merge because, yeah. you know, you they couldn't get rid of you. Like, I mean, you saw, saw how hard Ma wanted you out and you were you were untouchable. Yeah, she wanted yeah, you out. Um, the like from the get go, like she just wanted you. You were living rent free in her head that you were coming for her, even though. Why would you were doing that? You were in a, um, an early form, big numbered alliance with her. Why would you be coming for her anywhere near you. the beginning? You asked the question um, that you were going to ask me in regards to uh, when I knew about Ma coming for me, etc. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I had zero idea on day one about Ma coming for me, like none of it. Um, and even to the point of it wouldn't have been until the episode I finally went, even when the merge stuff happened, I think I still in my mind sort of associated that with um, Michael and some of the others rather than actually um, Ma still wanting in for me to get out. So um, on the end of day one, I wrote in a book and just made some notes in regards to where I would get it. And next to Ma, I wrote Trusted Ally. <laughs> I love it's the, the game she's playing. She's, she's killing, killing it. it. And yeah, John's, so. made, John's made a comment saying there can only be one Mel Mal. I'd like to add to that. There can only be one Mel Mal Ma. <laughs> yeah, look, I think that um, <laughs> there was the bit where I walked up on uh, Ma telling Joe to vote for Mal. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And there's a great little bit because I've walked up I've heard that and I've just gone, say what? And uh, it's like, oh, Michael. And um, there's Ma trying to say Michael and she's got this big wink thing going on to Joe. And then to me, she's basically like, I was with the plan and it's winking at me. It's like, it's <laughs> hilarious in the moment. Yeah, um, gee, I, I, I remember that now. And I, I we didn't talk about it when we watched that episode. It, it wasn't this one, was it? Or was it a prior episode? Um, I, think a, I think a prior one. And I, I, I couldn't believe how well she covered it up. Like she, her, her demeanor, she'd just been caught red-handed, but she didn't in any way act or give away the impression of someone who'd been caught red-handed. So you probably yeah. bought what she was saying. She just didn't yeah. give any reaction that would make you suspicious. No, I wasn't fully suspicious at all. Yeah. Because there was a part of me that I think that from that merge and then, look, I would have loved to have worked with James, but obviously James winning the clutch immunity, which is one of those great moments on Survivor when the person that's going to go saves himself like that. But that then really screwed the plans in terms of my game from a purple versus orange perspective into the merge. Mm. But then because I was working with Anna, Anna wanted James gone big time. Obviously, Sophie and James were clashing. Let's go. I just want to work with Anna. So um, I'm happy to see James go. Um, and so at that point, when we got to the one where I got booted, which was the last one, I hadn't yet actually written a name down on paper to say that I was guaranteed flipping to the oranges or guaranteed flipping to the purples. And that probably counted against me to an extent because yeah. obviously that makes me very suspicious and um, dodgy. Uh, but, yeah. But you never really had an opportunity to. Like not with, because no, of the advantages that were remaining for the first couple of merge votes, it, it just – and the way the immunities went, it just was going to happen. That 100%. John just yep. was going to go once that happened. Um, he was unlucky. From, yeah, unlucky. And then at the next one, well, James, you know, he's rubbed some people the wrong way. He just won that challenge. We've got to get rid of him now. Like, And then yep. we're, now we're here. So there was nothing. You never really had a chance to prove, but I agree with you. No. People don't believe you to have really shown your commitment on the part. Yep. But I will say I was fully committed to going orange. But which go orange? Ahead. What orange? There was no orange. Yeah, well, there wasn't. That's exactly right. But I didn't know that going. Well, <laughs> look at it this way. At that merge vote, 
Um, you've got a super idle. You've got a regular idle. James is safe. I'm prepared to go 5-5 five, five at that point. John and I are the only two people who've got to risk anything. Um, yeah. But to me, in my head, like I saw that as, well, that gives Orange hope to go somewhere. Uh, but obviously, they were coming from a very different place because of their dynamics on day one. And I totally understand why, if you can then be the last person of an alliance standing, traditionally in Survivor, that stands you really well. So um, go for it. I, th I think what would have, what damaged it is if anyone could pull Orange sort of back together, it would have been John. He's the one that at least had some relationships with all of them and had been working with them. Yeah. I know um, Anna was a little bit annoyed about being left out of the Hayley vote, but he might have been able to pull it back together. But he was immediately first to jump ship. He's like, I'm with the purples. <laughs> Fuck the oranges. Was, and he's off with Michael and Ma as soon as he gets there, right? So, in fairness, um, there was a, um, a big moment there that made John very suspicious of me as well. So it was when Nick came in up to speak to me and we had that little handshake conversation because I'd been speaking to John. And when Nick came up with that, I was like, I need to speak to Nick for a moment just to find, is this legit? Like, is he really willing to do this or not? But John saw, I asked John to just give this a moment and John saw that as, okay, we're going to talk. We're going about getting John out, um, which I understand. Yeah, so um, a lesson learned is don't send John away. <laughs> but, but equally, you know, you play one of these now and yeah. you don't you don't know to what extent John and Ma uh, oh, are involved yeah. with each other on Melbourne Survivor. Yeah, but it doesn't 100%. matter. If you were on another season with just another person from this cast, maybe even Simon, who, you know, you never played yeah. with, would you, you'd be looking to build a bond there, someone you know, right? I'm saying, yes. Because yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got that aspect of commonality that you can go yeah. with. So, yeah, without a doubt. And so that, you can't that, blame anybody for that. No, it's yeah. a fact. It's, it's human. It's human yeah. nature. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have fun? Are you glad you did it? Was it iconic? Uh, did I look like I had fun, Annabelle? Yeah, yes. you did. You Absolutely. Like you having the best time. You having oh, the most I seriously fun. did. Like, even so to the point where, like, once Anna's vote was stolen, I knew I was toast. Like, there was no getting it. I didn't think there was any getting out of that. Um, and so when uh, Dan's there and Liv and reading the votes and it's like, even then I had a huge smile on my face in the sense of, like, it was, I, I was probably got out, I don't know, maybe one o'clock in the afternoon or so. Mind you, how's this for getting ripped off? John and James walk in with sausage sandwiches. Do you think one was saved for the person who's about to be voted out? The two oh. the two people about to be voted out. <laughs> no, I didn't know two people were going to get voted out. Sausage so, I'm not here for it. That's horrible. <laughs> but you had all this stuffed with lust. croissants, we're told. Stuffed with croissants. Oh, look, we, <laughs> on day one, we got like the juice and whatever it was in the morning. We got the muffins. We got a tray of sandwiches so large, like half of them went to waste. We got everything. Orange got nothing. I did feel for them in that regard. But um, oh, that's actually, that's a criticism um, I'm going to lay down there. So you guys were forgiving the use of the umbrellas in the heavy rainstorm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not okay with that. I was only I, barely I disagree. I was pretty yeah, angry nah. about it for a while. <laughs> Because you look at the footage, I'm not holding an umbrella. I don't stand under an umbrella unless somebody put one over my head without me knowing about it. And it was very deliberate in terms of that. I felt like it really added to the survivor experience to be able to experience that weather. We were drenched and it was cold. Um, yeah. But that's all part of it. Like you just got to ride those things. Agree 100%. And this isn't spoiling anything. Melbourne Survivor, both the one we were on and the one that we were involved in organising that was filmed last yep. year, we don't fucking give people food. They get nothing but rice that they have to cook themselves and they can starve if they can't make a fire. And that is how our approach, that's how I play it and that's how we make people play because it's two days and you do want that Survivor yeah. experience. I wanted to be hungry. I did appreciate the food though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, look, every part of it was a blast. I went in. I just wanted to know that if I was in a position where I didn't have some power or control, I wanted to be able to do something about it. Um, I didn't play the perfect game. I made mistakes. But even people who win the game make mistakes. Um, and it's that aspect of don't walk out of the game. I, this would be my advice for anybody who plays one of these things. Don't walk out of the game with giving yourself the opportunity to have regrets of like, if only I'd done this or if only I'd done that. Like you can have a hypothetical discussion about like, wouldn't it have been interesting? If, but that's not having regrets. Actually walking away and go, I should have actually jumped over to that side or I should have communicated with Chris or Annabelle, whatever it may be, do it because you don't know what's going to happen in the game. And you've got to, if you want to win it, you're going to have to have like put yourself into a position where you can win it. And if you risk it and get voted out, so be it. But at least you played. Yeah. 
The um, <laughs> it's not a spoiler. It's just talking about food. No one got any food. And as Malcolm says, we start on a Friday. It's a two-night game. So, you know, as Melbourne 2 was, nothing's a spoiler. They didn't feed us. That's what I'm saying. You softies, your umbrellas, and your endless croissants, your buffet <laughs> breakfast. Like, that's just not how a survivor is, Orca. Like, I don't know what, what you think Apex Predator gets a buffet breakfast, but whatever. Uh, Malcolm, I well, want James to James is used to having no food, mate. Is he? Why is that? James is used to no food. I, I thought maybe you were making another backhanded comment to Geelong. You know, no internet, no food. Like, it's just, um... <laughs> Mate, they yeah. got a premiership. I've been waiting like almost for the forty years for one. So um, I'm not going to. Are, are you from Melbourne or are you are you from Canberra? No, no, I'm from Sydney, but I'm a Parramatta oh. Rugby League supporter. So oh, uh, yeah, if you yeah, follow, yeah. League, '86 was the last time we won one. So it's been a while. No, we don't follow League. <laughs> That's all right. Well, I want to ask a question. You, are you now you're in a school? Are, are you a principal, vice principal? I remember something like that. Uh, an assistant principal. So basically, you have principal, and then depending on the size of the school, you might have a deputy or just go straight to assistant principals. So I'm one of a couple of assistant principals at my school. So, is any parents seeing this? Any kids? Probably not. You have your full name on um, your Facebook profile, which a lot of teachers don't. I know more for high school than primary school, but yeah. like, uh, you know, is anyone aware of it from, you know, that, that environment or not really? Yeah, look, um, there was a little year one girl who came in a few weeks back. I think it was after episode two. And she said, oh, my mum was at the doctor's yesterday and she was looking on YouTube and she saw you on there and it looks like you're camping or something. Ah, oh, my um, gosh, no way. How yeah, are you um, organically discovered? I'm upset. I haven't, uh, oh, I don't know. I haven't... Um, Obviously, because I knew they'd potentially be swearing on there, I didn't put it out to the um, student community yeah, in yeah, terms of yeah. that. Um, and, if any parents have come across, only live, only live swore from memory. Oh, there's been a couple of um, times in the series, not a heap, but yeah, it's, as, it's um, as a representative of my school, I'm not going to yeah. put that one out there. Yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, the parent community, I have no idea. Um, but uh, if they do, then I'm fine with it. Like. Um, I think that within my school community, um, I've got a pretty good position and get along with people really well. So, oh, there you go. <laughs> Sophie called James <laughs> fucking dumb. Okay. So, yeah. Sophie calls a spade a spade. So she does. She knows what she's talking. I love her. <laughs> Sorry, James. I love her so um, much. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm looking forward because. I actually came down to Melbourne for Ma's birthday and I saw Annabella Ma, oh, Max, I'm oh, sorry, I was expecting you to be there because I was really looking forward to genuinely chatting to Max because I heard that um, he was heavily involved in the challenge construction oh, and no, because no, I run no, my no. own Survivor Games, um, I was really interested in chatting to Max. So, but I'd like to do that in the future sometime if he's up you for You should it. definitely. The, the Melbourne Four Challenges, uh, which Max and uh, a guy, Brady, who's on that season as well, put together are yeah. uh, like next level, like unbelievable, like all sorts of contraptions and then color coding, yeah. like on the real survivor. Like it's, it's amazing what they pulled together. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So I also went away, spoilers, but I got to play with a couple of those little challenges that were there. Oh, yeah. But I won't talk about it. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, no, we'll definitely meet you when um, this, this year's been a rough year for us and COVID. <laughs> Max will forgive me. I'm sure he will. He looks like a nice guy. He's very nice. He's yeah. he's actually the nicest guy. He's, he's just like, absolutely yeah. the nicest guy. That's why we bring him on here. Otherwise, it's just like two mean people saying mean things. No, it's been all good. <laughs> Um, no, thank you so much for, for coming. This has been sure. a great interview. Uh, and I know you've been watching our show and commenting on it the whole way along, yep. um, as have Sophie and some of your other cast members. So we really appreciate um, you being there. And, you know, look, like me, uh, I didn't know anything about this community. I didn't know about orgs or LRGs yep. when I played. And and Annabelle was a filthy recruit, though. Um, but then, <laughs> <laughs> But who wouldn't recruit it? Like, oh, my God, look at her. Right. She's amazing. Um, the uh, she's not liking my compliments. You're an amazing person. I'd recruit I'm you sorry. I'm you. sorry. I was just reading the comments. Ah. Um, like so, medium posted. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. I just came to play. I had no idea that there'd be this amazing community behind it, and you'd make yeah. friends. Like I, I said, I'm not there to make friends. I'm there to win. And 
who knows what happens, but I made a lot of friends no matter what happens. And I didn't expect that and how amazing that was. Look, you know, being an older person, you don't make that many new friends. It was really wonderful. So it sounds like you had a really similar experience. Chris, I can say that in my life, I've never been a big hugger of people. Like I just like my personal space and following Survivor Canberra, I have never hugged so many people in my life so frequently. It's like, um, it is, it just opens up this community of like like-minded people who have just got this, dare I say, obsession that we all have. Um, and passion, passion, obsession, (laughs) same thing. Um, and so, yeah, you meet so many awesome people and we're really fortunate that our cast is, um, really close together. The people I've met off your cast so far have all seemed really nice. I'm looking forward to watching your season and see how you all go. Thanks, mate, and thank you for coming on. Um, you were a great character, as I said, and uh, two episodes to go. I'm excited to see who wins. I reckon these last two episodes are going to really heat up, um, uh, especially if Nick keeps winning immunities because he's going to be a target otherwise. Um, I think it could get really, really interesting and uh, look forward to our coverage. I might eat now mm-hmm. for the future two episodes. I might start bringing in a bit of um, broader coverage. We'll see. I'll decide. I'll announce later if I'm going to do something different. What does broader uh, coverage mean? Oh, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to cover Brisbane like or like as a whole separate oh, thing. Right. Okay. I might just tuck in a bit of Brisbane at the end of this or something <laughs> like, you know, because they got their own show as well. Everyone's doing their own show. Brisbane. I'm not watching Brisbane as well. Yeah. Oh. Okay, sorry, Brisbane. I'm sure it's fantastic. I'll watch. <laughs> <laughs> CK's blindsiding out of her with the Brisbane it is. one. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, by the way, you're watching another by the way, oh, the vote, The vote is Brisbane. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if I can do a whole other show. I might bring a bit in. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for all the work you've done. It's been great. Thank you, Mal. We were, you're the first person to say that. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yes. I like to think myself as a nice person. <laughs> See you. Yeah. one of us. <laughs> <laughs>